everybody welcome to the his top ones channel we're gonna get started today i hope you're ready we're just gonna jump this thing off we're gonna be looking at john chapter 1 verses 1 through 18 so grab your highlighter journal bible bible app pens pencils if you've done this before you know the spill if you're new follow along with us pause the video anytime you need to and of course don't forget to hit that subscribe button so what's our why today today we're going to focus on psalm 12 6 through 7 why do we do this it states the words of the lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace on the earth refined seven times you O lord will keep them you will preserve him from this generation forever man that's powerful look at that first line the words of the lord are pure words they've been tried in a furnace on the earth what does that say we can fully rely on god and his word and that he is a man that he cannot lie so if you're ready let's jump in so let's begin with our scripturally focused breathing that's where we just inhale exhale and then we focus in on scripture and so today i will try to read through this at least four times we'll see what we can do but today we're going to focus on the scripture from 119 psalm 119 105 thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path so go ahead and breathe in nice and deep through your nostrils inhale Exhale slowly through your nostrils. Our first reading, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Inhale. Exhale. Let's read it again. Go ahead and meditate on that. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Inhale. exhale now this time here's an example of how you could pray it back your word god it's a lamp unto my feet god and i need it to light my path thank you for bringing me your word inhale and then exhale slowly last time thy word god is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Inhale. Exhale. So let's just go ahead and pray together. If you'll join with me right where you are, we're just going to ask the Father to just bless this time of study and that we get revelation and insight from his word. It says in Genesis 15, 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not fear, Abram, I am a shield to you your reward shall be very great so today we're just going to claim that for ourselves that as we just continue to go to his word and look 
at his word for our daily lives, that he's just right here with us, helping us with everything that pertains to us. He says, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you today, God. We thank you for looking over us. We thank you for leaving your word unto us, God. We thank you for being our shield and our great and an exceeding reward, God. We don't take it lightly, Father, that even as we open up this word, God, that you said that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so for everyone under the sound of my voice, God, I'm asking you that we break this word, we break this bread together, God, and it be life unto them and it be healing unto them and be healing in their soul, their mind, their will and emotions. God, help us all to do this life. You said that your word, God, is here. It's here to shield us, God. You said in your word in Ephesians, Father, that we need to use the word. We need to pray always with the spirit using all kinds of prayer. So we ask you to just come among us as we study right now, God. Settle down on the listener today in the name of Jesus and wherever they are, that you meet them right where they are, God. Bless them and everything that they put their hands to. Help them, God, to maneuver the challenges and the obstacles that the enemy has even tried to place in their lives. We give you all the glory, God. We give you all the praise, God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Have your way like never before. In Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. So this week, let's focus on one of the names for God. And you'll find this in 2 Samuel 5:20. Bel Perazim, the Lord God of the breakthrough. And it reads, David came to Bel Perazim and David struck them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of waters. Therefore, he called the name of that place, Bel Perazim. So this week, if you need or you are in a situation, call on the Lord God of the breakthrough, Bel Perazim. God and his many attributes is trying to show us who he is and will always be for us. There is power in the name of God. But when we use this technique to call on his name and know that he is the one in Genesis who says, I am that I am. So if you are a listener and you need the Lord God of the breakthrough, just lift up your voice to him today and be well assured that he will come through like a breakthrough of mighty waters. We will be reading John chapter 1 in the New King James Version, the Eternal Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. John's Witness, The True Light There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, 
to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The Word becomes flesh. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. Okay, everybody, we're going to get started. We're going to, again, look at chapter 1 of John, of the Gospel of John, and we're going to focus only on verses 1 through 18, and we're just hoping that we just spend this time, it's a peaceful time, time of revelation, time of insight from the Holy Spirit, so we just invite him in today. Now, before we get started, I wanted to share with you a few cross-references that you could use if you want to go deeper in. Um, you could take a look at Genesis 1, verses 1 through 2, Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3, and then Psalm 84, verses 1 through 12. And here's just a little bit of history behind this gospel. The gospel of John was recorded in and to be completed while he was living in Ephesus. It is stated that this gospel provides more details than the other, than Mark, Matthew, and Luke, focusing on the events of Jesus Christ while he was in Judea and Jerusalem. The purpose of this gospel is stated in chapter 20, verse 31, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Okay, so let's just go ahead and get started. Let's start with a key verse, and that's found in John 1, verses, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So that's John 1, verse 14. And so I will be using the New King James Version of the Bible today. And you can use, um, you know, whatever you'd like. It's just easier if you use the same translation. And you again, you can find these online. Um, 
I would suggest that if you don't have like a journaling Bible, um, what one thing you can do is actually print. It's neat. If you don't like to write in your actual Bible, you can print those verses out and write and mark and do whatever you need to do. And so that your notes are right there, or some of you probably have your own journal. All right. So let's just jump in and we're going to do you know, line upon line, and then we're going to pause and stop. Where you see my markings, you can go ahead and mark along with me. So it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come in to being. So with your marker or highlight, I would just go ahead and look at that three times. The word and then the word again, he says was with God. So he's saying in the beginning, we have the word, this word was with God and this word was actually God. And so that's something we need to think of, think about. So before we do, I want you to just take a look at this diagram here. And you can draw this on your actual notes. Um, it's a good representation of what John was saying is that in the beginning was the word. So the heavens, you know, he stepped out of time. You know, we are held in time. He is in E. He was, is, and will always be in eternity. And so he says in the beginning was the word. So before there was a beginning, Jesus, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit always was. And then you have creation. That's the universe. That's the earth and everything that we know that exists in the, uni in the universe. And so I like this title and you can write this down. Jesus Christ is the expression of the Trinitarian sonship, right? So you notice that we saw in the word three times, one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. So we get to see through this gospel how John describes Jesus Christ, God on the earth, beginning with verse one. So if you need to pause the video or this or the podcast and draw that out, you are more, more than welcome to do that. So we have, again, that was verse one. So let's take a look at verse two. He was in the beginning with God. That was the last part of verse two. Verse three, all things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So look at that, highlight or underline the phrase here, all things came into being through him. Again, we go back or we think about that diagram. Everything that we see was made through him and for him. And so when we think about all things came, again, these verses, remember what we said in verse one, they speak to the Trinity. They remind us that Jesus was present while creation was taking place. So in other words, what I mean by present is he was there in the beginning when God said, let us, okay? So keep that in mind, let us make, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. All right, so let's continue with where it says and. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Verse four, 
in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So I would square off, highlight, underline, light of men, and then the light shines. And then you can underline in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So let's just take a look at this quick note. When you read this word life, think about the tree of life that was placed into the garden or in the garden. God is always seeking to demonstrate and show us that the only life that we have is found in him. And so while we stated uh, to think of the tree of life in the reading that I, some of the research that I looked at, um, because notice that John is taking us back to the beginning. So if we go back to the beginning of everything, we know that God put the tree of life in the center, in, in the actual garden. Okay. And then, so that's just a reminder. Think about that as you read the verse and then, and the life. So we have the tree of life or what John says in him is that life. I want you to think about the scripture found in John 10 verse 10. The second part, I came that you might have life and have that life more abundantly. So John is on point with what Jesus is saying, you know, in John 10, 10, that the reason why I came is that you would have life. You know, a lot of times we, we think, okay, he came just to, um, pay for my sins and that's it. No, Christ is saying, and John is saying in this gospel that in him, in Christ is life. And then in John 10, that God is saying, or Jesus is saying to us that I came so you could have life. And that that life was the light of men. And then let's continue. The light, so that light, right, it's capitalized. If the life from Jesus is the light, then John says, well, that light or Jesus shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So there are several things, you know, if you study out the Bible, you'll see many occasions where There's just no comprehension of God, of what he's done for us. And so think about 2 Corinthians 4, 3, where it states, and even if our gospel, this is Paul writing, is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. So, I mean, this is some deep stuff that he's talking about, that we want the life, we want the light of Christ to be in our lives because there are no other options It's either light or it's darkness. Either we comprehend it or we reject it. Those who reject will perish. It's just that plain. Okay, verse six. There came a man. Let me make sure I didn't have anything else. Let's just see some notes. Oh, let's just take a look at this. Um, Where we see that diagram, Jesus Christ, Trinitarian sonship, remember all things, listen to this quote, all things were made by him and for him. Christ left heaven and entered the condition of human life through the gateway of human birth. So for that, we go back to Mary, you know, be it unto me according to your word, where she had to believe that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and that she would conceive 
the, the Lord, the King of Kings, Emmanuel, God with us. And so that's where Jesus states, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So we see how all of this works together with what John is writing in his actual gospel. So let's continue with verse 6. There came a man sent from God. Now he's going to transition here. Remember, John is writing this gospel and then he's going to mention someone named John. So verse six, there came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came, that's John, as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. All right, so let's come back, take your pencil, underline witness. So if we wanted to draw an arrow here, we could draw an arrow between John and witness. John, the writer of the gospel, is saying that John, the Baptist, is a witness and that he came to testify about the true light, which is Jesus Christ. And why does John say this? He says, John the Baptist comes to testify about Jesus Christ. Why? So that all might believe through him, through Jesus Christ. And so let's take a look at this note. So let's think about the word believe. Believe is an ongoing action. Uh, in my reading, I noticed in the Fire Bible that it said that, notice that he doesn't say the word belief, which is a noun, which to me indicates, you know, maybe a one-time thing or it's not progressive. It's not continuous. But he didn't use the word belief. He used the word believe. So believe is an ongoing action or in other words, believing in the true biblical sense is not just the mental exercise. So in other words, you, you know, we just don't go to the altar, believe, and that's it. Confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and that's it. It is an ongoing action. It is an active faith that yields the leadership of one's life to Christ. That's what it means to believe, ongoing and continuous. And we do it through him. And then John, the writer, John, the disciple says he was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. So who is the he? He's talking about John the Baptist. He's clarifying it. And, it, you know, so we don't get it messed up. And he's saying, hey, this John the Baptist is only a witness. He didn't come. He's not the actual light. He just came to testify about the light. And so then we have verse nine, there was the true light, Jesus, which coming into the world enlightens every man. So what do we mean by world here? So if we do a um, um, word study and you can find this on Blue Letter Bible and Bible Gateway, but this particular one is on Blue Letter Bible. Another word for the word world is cosmos. And we've heard that before. It's the universe. It's the world. It's the sum total of creative things. So it's not just the earth. 
It's the world. It's, you know, Pluto and all the different planets and the sun and, you know, even on down to the grass and the ant. It's the world, everything that God has created. So in this actual section, John is saying this light, Jesus Christ, came into the world. And what does he do? He enlightens every man. And then if you look at verse 10, he, right here, we're not talking about John, we're talking about Christ now. And you can circle that. Sometimes with these pronouns, it's, you know, can get difficult, like you're reading and going, okay, well, who's the he? So he was in the world. So he's talking about Christ. You can circle that if you need to. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. So John is giving us a heavy lesson. He's saying that don't forget when you go back to Genesis where it says, let us, Christ was in that process. And he's saying that everything that we made was made through him. And then he gives us another side thought and he says, but the world did not know him. So I want you to underline the world because that's different from this world. When we think of world here, we are talking about created things, the ants, you know, grass, Pluto, all of that. But when you think about world here, he's saying something else. So instead of just the universe, he's talking about, check this out, hence the world as a part from God, its creator, the world as self-sufficient, consequently running counter to its creator and thus evil in its tendency. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm thinking he's reminding me of the scripture that says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? You know, possessions, all that this world has to offer, the systems or to live in an evil system the systems of this world. So John is saying the world did not know him. So just like we know today, there are some that will never want to know Christ and just refuse to get to know him, you know, and even though he has come, they refuse him. So let's continue with verse 11. He came to his own Okay, what does he mean by that? He came to his own. Let's keep reading. We'll back up. And those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so again, so we go back and let in 11, take your pen, highlight or pencil and look at where it says own. So he's saying his own. So when you think about own, think about the Jewish nation. That's where, you know, there is a scripture, I'm going to par paraphrase it, where Jesus, where the woman comes to Jesus and Jesus says, you know, the bread or the children's bread, we don't give to dogs. And the woman says, well, even a dog will eat the crumbs from the master's table. So he, he's saying at one point, Jesus is saying, I came only to the lost house or the house of Israel first. And so here John is saying, hey, but the, the Jewish nation, not all, but the Jewish nation originally, some of them did not receive him. And then he changes it here, John, and then there's that conjunction. But 
as many who have received him. So that's you, that's me. It's when, um, as Paul wrote um, in his letters about the Gentiles, so now it's opened up. It's not just the Jewish nation, but it's all those who are non-Jews. And it says, verse 12, those that did not receive him, he gave them the right, that's you and I, to become children of God. How? Because we believe in the name. So before I go on and get happy here, let's look at this note. To receive Christ is to believe in him. That's how we came, Romans 10, 9, 10, and 9 through 13. You know, we confess Christ with our mouth. We believed in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And so salvation was offered to us. So that's the receiving of Christ. And then as you go on, and those of you will get a chance if you have not received Christ, this is where continue to listen to this actual um, presentation, this lesson, you will have an opportunity to confess him as your Lord and Savior. Um, and you can do it right now. Just say, Jesus, I've received you in my heart. I receive you. I believe that you were raised from the dead. God, I thank you for what you have done for me. Thank you for accepting me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so he says, even to those who believe in his name, who were born. So when you think about born, you know, there are a lot of ways to be born. And so as Christians, we know there are two ways. You have your natural birth and then you have your spiritual birth. So let's read John 3, verses 3 through 18. Jesus replied, so he's talking to a man named Nicodemus. I tell you the solemn truth. Let me click that again. Okay. I tell you the solemn truth unless a person is born from above. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb and be born a second time, can he? So Jesus, so Nicodemus is not thinking about natural birth. He hasn't had that revelation yet. Jesus answered, I tell you the solemn truth, unless a person is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born of the flesh is flesh, in other words, natural birth. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows wherever it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. So we now we see why John is actually writing this. So in verse 13, now it makes sense. And he's saying those who believe in his name and those who believe they were born, not of blood, not of flesh, not of the will of man, but of God born, like Jesus said, from above the word made flesh. So here we're going to think about this. What do we mean here when we think about this? We're thinking about the word made flesh. Okay, so this is where deity meets humanity. Think about the diagram that we show. Jesus is like that intersection of heaven and earth. And this is where deity meets humanity. What do I mean by that? The word made flesh. Deity meets humanity. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. This is the intersection of heaven. Let me get that back here. 
on the earth in the form of Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, and King. So what is deity? The creator and supreme being, God, Yahweh, the great I am that I am. It's one exalted or revered as supremely good or powerful, according to Webster. So let's keep reading here. And the word became flesh, that's verse 14, and dwelt among us. That's John saying, hey, we saw him. And we saw his glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So let's do a word study on glory. And so glory, when we change that into English or a transliteration, in other words, is doxa, D-O-X-A, and there's the pronunciation. So one way to think of this is the kingly majesty, which belongs to him as supreme ruler, majesty in the sense of the absolute perfection, come on now, of the deity. So Jesus Christ is the absolute perfection. He's the glory of the deity, of the Godhead. Okay, Matt, I almost went in right there and shouted, but let me keep on going. All right, so begotten, we'll talk about that later, from the Father, full of grace and truth. So grace, I want you to think about grace. Is some A lot of times we think of grace as just, oh God, you know, gave me grace, or, you know, sometimes we just interchange it with mercy. But think of grace as undeserved favor, kindness, mercy, and spiritual ability. It has multiple meanings. So in in this instance, we could say we received all of that. We received undeserved favor. We received kindness. We received mercy and we receive spiritual ability. Okay. So let's continue with verse 15. John testified to, to, I'm sorry, testified about him and cried out saying, This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. So here, John, the writer, the gospel writer is, is quoting John the Baptist. Okay. That's why there's quotes. He's saying that John the Baptist said this. He said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I. You know, that's where he says, I'm not worthy to carry his sandals or I'm not worthy to even tie his shoestrings. Um, paraphrasing. All right. So let's continue with verse 16. For of his fullness, we have all received, here we go, grace upon grace. I think about multiplication there. We receive undeserved favor, kindness, spiritual ability, and mercy. And how do we receive that? A multiplied sense of it, grace upon grace. And so we think of this charis. If we look at the, um, I've heard charis or you can actually Google that to see how you can actually pronounce that so I don't mess that up. But when we think about this, we think of graciousness. We think of the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, in our life. It's an acceptable benefit. It's a favor. It's a gift. It's joy, liberal joy. It's pleasure. It's all of that. So that's why I like to look up these words because, you know, you can just get more out of it, more out of it when you soak it. 
soak in it. So let's look at verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, John is writing. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Okay, so if we think about that, we think about Moses. He was given, you know, up on the mountaintop, he was given the law, the Ten Commandments. And then from there, we go on to Leviticus and all the other books and the Old Testaments where the, we have the requirements and we have the high priest and we have certain sacrifices that have to be made. So John is saying that law was given through Moses. So let's take a look at our note again here. The law makes demands on man according to what God is. Grace supplies man with what God is to meet with God demands. My goodness. So what are we saying here is that the law introduces you to God like in the Old Testament. But as New Testament believers, we have been supplied with grace with grace so that we can meet through Jesus Christ, the demands and the requirements of the law. So it's what I call a great exchange. So we know now that we don't live under certain stipulations. Now there's certain in some of the other uh, lessons, you can go back and look at that. I won't have time to go into that. But when he says law here, he's not saying that we can throw out everything because Jesus Christ and we don't have a um, we don't have standards that God has given us that we still have to live by. But basically that we are not justified by how we keep those standards that Jesus Christ has already justified us. And just like Joseph, where Joseph, his father, put on the robe, Jesus has clothed us with his robe of righteousness righteousness. So that's how you think about it. So verse 17, again, John is reminding us grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Now they're only realized if, like we said earlier, that we believe, we believe and we keep on believing, right? Because we do know there's a a state of a man where you can actually come to a place where you once believe and then you fall away and you stop believing. So we have to keep on believing. Okay. I hope you guys are with me on that. So let's look at this note also. Goodwill, again, grace, again, loving kindness, favor, the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ, keeps, strengthen, keeps, strengthens, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercise of the Christian virtues. That's big. That's big. You know, that is big. All right, so we're going to wrap this up in a little bit. So verse 18, that's all we're doing today because we are, you know, look at my explanation or if you heard this whole video, we are reading together. And so, and once we read over those 14 days, we are just highlighting um, something specific out of that reading over those two weeks. Um, So let's end this with John, uh, verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. I wonder why, just curious, I wonder why John, you know, thought, wanted to make that point. 
but we'll, we'll keep reading. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Has he not explained him to us, to me, to you? You know, when we were saved, has has God not explained him? When we open up his word and we open up the Bible, um, he's in his logos word. He's always explaining the light, the life, the word, Jesus Christ to us. He's explained him. You know, it's whether or not we receive the explanation. That's the key. So we're going to look back at this word begotten. So what is begotten? You know, you if you read some certain translations, the reason why you'll see the word begotten not used is because it refers to the one and only. So sometimes you'll see that in certain translations. So let's think about that. Here's the word right here when we put it in English. And here's the pronunciation, which I will not try to chop up. With reference to Christ, the phrase, the only begotten from the Father, and another place is um, John 3.16 too as well. Um, It indicates that as the Son of God, he was the sole representative of the being and character of the one who sent him. He is the only begotten. He's the one from Mary. He is the one where the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And she said, yes, Lord. So we can only rightly understand the term, the only begotten when used of the son in the sense of unoriginated relationship. In other words, there's no beginning and no end. Even though we we witness this when we think of Jesus being born through a human vessel, Mary, he still had no beginning or end because he existed in, in the beginning before time. Okay? He exists in eternity. So let's keep reading. The begetting is not an event of time, however remote, but a fact irrespective of time. The Christ did not become, but necessarily and eternally, he is the son. He, a person, possesses every attribute of pure godhood. This necessitates eternity, absolute being. In this respect, he is not after the father. So in other words, again, it goes back to let us. Let us, accepting the fact, the Trinity, although we see the deity comes in the form of a bodily figure through Mary, he was still uh, the word in the beginning, like we started. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So let's continue on. In John 1.18, the clause, the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, expresses both his eternal union with the father in the Godhead and the ineffable intimacy and love between them. The son sharing all the father's counsels and enjoying all his affections. My God, he is the God only begotten. My word. That's how we started it off. So let's just look at some 
last notes as we wrap this up. I hope you were able to just write and you get some more insight as you study. And so here's one note. The father's only begotten son declare, declare God by the word, the life, the light, the grace, and reality. The word is God expressed. Life is God imported. Light is God shining. Grace is God enjoyed. In reality is God realized and apprehended. Final point. Here we go. The final point for all of this is the Holy Spirit reveals God's truth and comes into the lives of those who receive Christ, renewing their spirit and recreating them in Christ's image. That takes us back to the beginning. Remember, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. This means that we, believers, they can respond to him, have a personal relationship with him, and start to reflect his love as well as his other characteristics. I mean, that is a mic drop. That's all I can say. I pray that you have been blessed by this time. Just keep writing Keep reading until next time. Let's keep following that path, following the path of revelation. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The word became Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus name, amen. This is our time for journal and reflection. You know, we just sit back in what we've read. You know, we meditate on it. We chew on it. We see law. We pause on it. And one of the ways that you can do this is just by asking yourself some questions or listening to the Holy Spirit at this time, just quieting your spirit. And so you think about what, what, particular verses minister to you. And now that you have studied, do you have a new perspective on that word? You know, how is Christ the light of your life? Think about someone specific like John the Baptist. What did he teach you about your identity? What message did you receive from your study? And do you have any other questions of God? And so as we reflect, we just want to jump right in and acknowledge those of you who are not saved and you would like to accept this invitation. Pause the video, read through this. This is found in Romans 10, 9 through 13. And you can just even repeat after me where you say, God, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. You say that I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. Today, God, I'm acknowledging that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and he paid for for my sins. And so because of that, I can have life in and through his name. God, I thank you that there is no distinction between me, a Jew or a Gentile, and that you are Lord over us all God, I thank you from this day that I would adhere to trust in and fully rely on you. Thank you for being Lord over my life in Christ's name. Amen. And so we end it with the book of the law. This is why we do what we do. It says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success.
Let's not forget the blessing. So may Yahweh bless you and watch over you. May he smile upon you and be kind to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you peace. It's time for a praise break. Go ahead and just shout hallelujah, do your dance, and thank God for who he has been in your life. Until next time, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs>